A good haircut can be a game changer. I mean, everybody wants to look their best for those social media pics, right? So get yourself to Sport Clips at Sport Clips Haircuts. They hair do like no one else hair does. See what they did there? Not only is it the home of champion haircuts, but they've also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. Level up your haircut with the MVP haircut experience. It's a spa day for your follicles. Check this out. You get a seven pressure point massaging shampoo along with a perfectly steamed hot towel all while sports plays on the TV. Does it get any better than that? No. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So uh, last week, AEW had our triumphant debut in uh, Winnipeg, which was great. Somehow along the lines, I hooked up with uh, with Devin Bray, who is the promoter and creator of Winnipeg Pro Wrestling, which uh, is amazing to hear that there is a, uh, a another company in the long lineage uh, of Winnipeg wrestling companies. And how did we connect? First of all, Devin, I bugged you on instagram just shoot my shot that's the name of the game right <laughs> did, did you shoot your shot to be on talk is jericho no i was hoping that maybe you'd want to pop into a show or come see us or meet or just right you you visit family here so one, one step at a time right and the best thing is <laughs> that you told me that you actually uh went to the same high school that i did westwood collegiate my parents live on Raquette, and you know you're from now Chris Jericho Way or Wordsworth. <laughs> That's right, man. Chris Jericho Way. It's <laughs> a big honor. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Thanks. So you went to Westwood then. What year did you graduate? Uh, 2007. Just a couple years after you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I was just there um, over Christmas time to kind of just go stand on the steps and check it out and all that sort of thing. Now, let me ask you this: So when I was a kid. There was a lot of people uh, in, in high school that were really into wrestling. Was it still the same when you graduated or, or, or how was kind of the scene at Westwood? What, what, what were people into back at that point in time? Not at all. It was it was music. It, it wasn't cool to like wrestling from 2002 to, you know, just a couple of years ago, honestly. Right. Winnipeg's a metal town and a lot of uh, metal heads and punks and, and that kind of thing. So it wasn't something that you promoted as being a wrestling fan and a lot of closet wrestling fans there it's kind of the same thing when i went to, to high school too there was kind of a niche of us that were into wrestling but most of the people like winnipeg like you said is such a metal town even to this day that's the case oh yeah big time we still like your pictures hanging up there so as a teenager i would go and like look for you and stuff and so <laughs> it's kind of surreal <laughs> talking to you now but and one time I worked uh, I worked at the Holiday Inn on Portage Avenue as a teenager and you were there for a wedding too and I I got your autograph so No kidding. <laughs> we we have met but uh, yeah I don't expect you to remember me so <laughs> Are you talking with a picture on the wall like with all the graduates from 1988 the little pictures? Yep, yep. Is is mine like circled with a star next to it or anything? 
It should be. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool, man. Yeah, that's a trip. Because when I was a kid, when I went to Westwood, I remember the one thing, there's still that that big kind of board in the front lawn that you put letters in and stuff. It'll say, like, congratulations to Devin Bray for making the honor roll or whatever the hell it would be. I always wanted to be like, congratulations to Chris Irvin, whatever. I didn't even know what my wrestling name was going to be, for being the WWF Intercontinental Champion. I used to stand there on the on the grounds like in 1987 and look up at that sign and say, someday they'll write that. I don't think they ever wrote it, but I still did become the, the Intercontinental Champion, which was cool. <laughs> well, petition to get you up on the board still. Some one accomplishment you have left. It's okay. <laughs> Chris Jericho way in the uh, Queen Jubilee medal is enough, which I got to find that thing. I don't even know where I put the medal. I got I to gotta find it somewhere. So anyways, we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about, about you and about Winnipeg Pro Wrestling. You know, I know that I was I wanted to have you on to promote the uh, fight at the museum, which is great. And I want to talk about that, but it's already sold out. Yep, yeah, in just one day. It's sold out in one day. So so let me just say this, and I want to get into the whole genesis of how you started and everything, but when I go to your website, WPGProWrestling.com, I see all the events that you've had in the past, all of them. It's like once upon a time in Winnipeg was sold out. WPW cold out was sold out. Pain actually too. Pain harder. Like sold out. Sold out. Sold out. Don't tell mom the referee is dead. Like there's a lot of great uh, names. I like how you name all your shows, and but the majority of them were were pretty much sold out, which is amazing to hear in this day and age. So we, you know, COVID, we we obviously took a break, and then since we came back last April, all the shows have sold out well in advance. But the last three have been like four or five hours sold out at the West End Cultural Center. I'm sure you've been to some shows there before. Absolutely, yeah. And that's about 300, 350 people in there. And then we kind of realized, let's try something outside of the box. We're trying to maintain that that aesthetic and the vibe we had. We didn't just want to go to like a community center or a church hall. So we start looking around, but Winnipeg doesn't really have those. Um, sort of mid-level concert halls that could really hold a wrestling ring in the way, you know, how wrestling is is presented. Right. So we looked into the Manitoba Museum and that's gorgeous there. And they were willing to have us provided we have, you know, insurance and, and all that kind of thing. So we lined it up and it's uh, about 550 capacity there. But we're also looking to do something bigger in the fall. But we'll try the museum out first. So do they have like some sort of a, of a, of a ballroom there or something at the museum? Yeah, they, it's called the Alloway Hall, and they do weddings and Jeez. that kind of thing there. So That's amazing because you even mentioned it, and I remember to this day, going there as a kid to the non-such. Yep. And the non-such is, you can probably feel better than I do. I remember going there with my aunt, and it was kind of like an old school battleship or transport ship, or what exactly is it? Some sort of like merchant vessel from yeah. 400 years ago that they sort of built the museum around this ship. An old Winnipeg in there too. That's supposed to give you the the vibe of you know Maine and Higgins, which is a lot different now, 150 years later. So there's that, and then you know the Bison and all the history. Like there's the museum, and then there's the hall. But this is all kind of connected. And we're hoping to film some some promos and stuff inside the museum as well. It's a great idea. I remember when you go inside there, it smells like an old kind of. It's cold. They keep the the temperature kind of moderated so the wood doesn't rot. Because like you said, this is a 400 year old cargo ship. And that's when I saw, you know, fight at the museum. Obviously, love the uh, the double entendre with night at the museum. I was like, this is so cool. That actually is what, one of the reasons why I was like, I want to talk to to Devin and and find out. You know, it's very uh, it's very forward thinking to to put a show at the Winnipeg Manitoba Museum. 
Well, yeah, thank you. And, and the, the name kind of came first. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess I just got to find a museum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of our, our shows lately have been movie tie-ins and it's just like a fun, like, you know, don't tell mom the referee's dead. And then right. the referee's shoes poking out of the, the ground and cold out, which is like sold out for, uh, for of course, but uh, the posters from day after tomorrow, things like that. And cold out, of course, is held uh, in the wintertime, so it makes perfect sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's January 26th of this year. So before we get into actual shows and, and kind of all the matches and wrestlers and how you kind of do that, so what, what made you decide to go from you know Westwood Collegiate to becoming a wrestling promoter, which is not an easy thing to do ever, being a wrestling promoter, but you've obviously figured it away. But let's go back to how you started to think about this, because were, were you a huge wrestling fan when you were in high school and kind of forward moving? Yeah, you know, elementary school, middle school, all through school. And then you kind of go through that teenage years of maybe not wearing your Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt to high school and uh, <laughs> that kind of thing. Right. But then I kind of settled in when I turned, you know, 18. It was just like, well, I'm going to like what I like. We start going to local shows. And actually, WPW actually came from uh, a couple of us. A few of uh, the office went to a, um, show in uh, LA, maybe it was New York and saw bar wrestling and then realized like, this is something that sort of Winnipeg needs mm. that more intimate atmosphere with um, sort of up and coming wrestlers, not so much hinging on the honky tonk men and the, that kind of thing. Right. So uh, really focusing on like up and comers, who's going to be the next stars, who's going to be on TV next. We originally started the Sherbrooke Inn and that is basically a dive bar and did a bunch of shows there, but it got kind of too big, too intimate, mm. and realized we should upscale this thing a little bit and uh, went from there. I'm not a wrestler. I've not trained to be a wrestler. And, you know, there's a huge learning curve in a lot of the traditions and respect that we have to pay to this sport and this industry. And I've kind of relied on our, our first champion, AJ Sanchez. He was a huge help to us just sort of navigating those waters and understanding, you know, how to approach professionals and how to speak to them and stuff. Yeah, I remember when I first started wrestling in Winnipeg, actually, I told the story on some of the press that I did, you know, coming to moving away to Calgary and then coming back to Winnipeg to work for Tony Candelo. And it was just such a, a big deal. Like I moved away to find my fame and fortune and I come back to do these, you know, group of shows. And when I came back, I passed Georgie's, which was a bar in, in Westwood that we used to hang out in. And it said, you know, Wednesday night wrestling. And I was like, man, that's what kind of losers would wrestle at Georgie's. And then I realized, oh, we have a show on Wednesday. Where's our show? And it was like, oh, yeah, you guys are at Georgie's. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, I moved away to Calgary to get my fame and fortune. And I come back to Winnipeg to wrestle the exact same bar that we were drinking 35 cent drafts uh, three months ago. You know, but that was the series was called Bar Wars and it was Georgie's and it was the Ville. And like you mentioned, probably the Sherbrooke Inn as well. And that was kind of Bumpers was another one. The first time I ever wrestled Don Callis was at Bumpers, which is a real kind of shady bar down by the airport downtown. But that's kind of been sort of a tradition of doing just the bar shows. Now, when you first start wrestling and doing shows in the bars, what size of a ring were you using? It was a bit smaller, probably like a 16-footer. Yeah, that's a small, small ring. We had the same where you had to have this little wee ring to be able to fit into the, to the area where you're wrestling. The ceiling was maybe three feet higher than the 
steel posts too. So you can't do anything off the top really meaningful. Yeah. Now we have a balcony, so you can do anything. Sure. I think Georgie's has a little bit higher of a ceiling, so you were probably okay there. I still put my head through the roof. I jumped off the top rope and I hit my head and put a little dent in the in the in the tile on the roof. So I feel your pain. The the West End has been really good to us. They have a backstage area, whereas the Sherbrooke we we had the manager's office. The guys would change one by one in the office. And then where would they make their entrances from? From where the ATM is. <laughs> <laughs> and people are coming in and out from the hotel lobby because people are there also to play VLTs and they're not watching the show. The wrestling is getting in the way, right? The VLTs are a draw at the Sherbrooke in seven days a week. So <laughs> I think it's Georgie's. It was strippers during the day and wrestling at night. Yeah. Going back once again, when you, when you decide, like you said, you went to, to L.A. and see the bar wars there. So what exactly was it that, that you saw there that, that piqued your interest to try it in, in, in Canada and in Winnipeg? I think we were missing like a more diverse lineup. So I'm including in that like women, people of color, LGBT wrestlers. It just was missing from a whole show. And when we went as a group of guys, the place was full of a bunch of guys. Yeah, right. And now we're hoping to attract a more diverse audience and sort of, I, I have a belief that if you see someone on the stage uh, that looks like you, you're going to want to go to the show. Right. So we, we've kind of been able to attract, you know, more women, more people of color, uh, more queer folks. So it, it was something that was, I felt missing from the scene. Winnipeg has a long wrestling history. There is a lot like other local promotions and some have been running for almost 20 years. And everyone just does things a little bit differently. And there is different areas of Winnipeg, but we're trying to focus on like the central, the downtown kind of community. Okay, gotcha. So, and that's the thing too, um, when you first come back and say that you're going to, you know, try and do this, this wrestling show. I mean, as we know, especially when you're a city like Winnipeg, which is not a huge city, but it's, it's not so small, but I'm sure when here's this, who's this kid coming in here, muscling in on our territory. Did you have any issues with the, the guys that we're promoting currently in Winnipeg? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to listen to this and there's going to be all sorts of uh, texts exchanged amongst. Well, hey, you're, let, let me say this. You're the only the only, only second Winnipeg promoter to ever be on Talk is Jericho with the other one being the legendary Tony Candelo. So I'm sure Tony Candelo wasn't happy that you exist either. Uh, Tony's invited to our next show, so I'll finally get to meet him. Okay. But um, there was one instance where I live with my my girlfriend and, and her name, Jillian. Some random people knocked at our door. This is where we're watching WrestleMania, and they basically just invited themselves in. And I found out later that my address was given out as, they call it a rib, but it kind of crossed the line into like strangers coming to our house and, and freaking Jill out a little bit. And at that point, I'm like, where's the value in this? Since then, like, I, I do try to be really respectful. I do try not to step on toes. I try not to disparage other people. And But just by speaking positively about yourself in wrestling, you automatically attract detractors from thinking, well, what about me? Why aren't you mentioning me? That kind of thing. So there has been some negativity and some toes stepped on for sure. But I try to do it lightly and, and respectfully. We're not booking shows the same night. So Right, gotcha. You're not you're not trying to start a war with anybody or, or or like you said, step on anybody's toes purposely. We don't have exclusive wrestlers. Like there's our local crop and they all work everybody's shows. We try to have that sense of community, but I'm also not running dates by people or right. actively working together with uh, the other promoters. All right, there are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW and not all of them speak English. 
which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos, eh, amigas. See, already learning. Haha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. Let's go back to your very first show. Was your first show at the Sherbrooke Inn? It was, yeah. A Sherbrooke enthusiasm. <laughs> so, so right out of the gate, you are uh, you're putting together the names, the, the fancy names. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a great idea because once again, like you said, if you're going to be doing this and there's other promoters and other events, what makes yours stand out? I think the Sherb your enthusiasm, and I'm looking at the poster right now. It looks like you know, like a like a curb your enthusiasm type of a, a vibe, right? It kind of screws us over sometimes because it can be like, is this joke wrestling? Right, 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 right. Like, is this just a comedy show? We do take it very seriously. It's a professional wrestling event. It's not just uh, yeah. the Invisible Man stuff. But like, we try to have fun too. Our world title, our WWE Championship uh, storyline, it's very focused and, and serious in that way. And I think the fans are free to come to the shows and really buy in to what they're seeing. And you don't have those... you up chance when someone misses a spot right you have people reacting to every punch every kick in a way i've never seen at a, at a wrestling show especially in the indies where you kind of get guys like me who in the past would sort of just be there for a night out with their friends you have a lot of suspended belief here well and, and not to mention you know one of the greatest wrestlers in the world today from winnipeg kenny omega is the king of the wrestling against nine-year-old little girls and blow-up dolls, et cetera, et cetera. So there is, there is a way to do that properly as well. But so, so it's sure your enthusiasm is back in 2018. What do you do? Like you, you, you say, okay, I'm going to start this. Tell me the process. Where did you find the venue? What kind of licenses did you have to get? Where do you find the talent? So first and foremost, where did you find this, this venue to go to? This was more when we had more of a collective. It wasn't just me and, and Ben, who's my co-owner with this. Uh, we had James Corba and Curtis Housen and Adam Giardino, and they really were integral. And like, well, we need somewhere central. Uh, we have known about the Sherb for years. They are very dead most nights. They probably just get the VLT crowd, right? So they right. were loving the idea of having, and like we could have pitched karaoke night and they would have gone for right, it. Right, 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 right. From there, it was really sort of getting these local wrestlers that we knew for years from going to shows and being fans to believe that we were serious and treating this with respect and not just 
money marks or whatever the word right. you want to right, use. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. We actually have a vision and we want to do something more long term. And then from there, reaching out to like our first show had PCO and Ethan Page. You know, I'm really finding the same way I got on this show. It just takes an email and a message. And, and once you go back and forth and you treat people with respect and, and openness that they're down to do some business. And when you reach out to like, once again, PCO and Ethan Page, because I'm looking at your card here. And that's one thing. I, I like how you're very organized. I'm you know, a detailed guy. So you like, I, I see some local guys, but like you mentioned, Ethan Page and, and PCO are kind of the headliners. So how do you get them to kind of, I don't know, trust you that you're legit, that you're not going to rip them off, et cetera, et cetera? In the beginning, we're probably depending a lot on word of mouth. Ethan especially would have, would have gone through one of our, our local guys here, Tyler Colton. Yeah. And he probably calls up Tyler and says, who are these marks? Right. Are they legit? And then he says, yeah, yeah, they're legit. They'll, they'll pay you. So I, I think it comes down to, will the, will the check clear? Will the envelope be full? And then from then... No, we, we booked Josh Alexander, quite a few top independent and not independent people. And I think word is spread from there. And and you guys talk. You go like, sure. who's this guy from Winnipeg? Is he legit? And and that kind of thing. So we've we've been able to build a little bit of a reputation of being respectful, good hosts too. Okay, so, so you, get, you get your card kind of ready to go. How do you get the word out? You know, obviously social media, but you can't just put a you know a poster up on the wall or put a post up on Facebook and expect people to come nowadays. In the beginning, it was friends and family. Like we're hoping to sell twenty tickets each and <laughs> right. get one hundred and fifty people in there, and then the sure held three hundred people. But you were stuffed in there like sardines, and it was sweaty, and it's it's a it's a bar. Sure, but then around our fourth show, it wasn't our friends anymore. It was it was complete strangers, and we had kind of caught on to something. And at that point, we had really been having like, you know, one name, a show, and just trying to build around that one name. But from April of last year, when we came back, it just sells, it's the same people buying tickets every time. So we have a bit of a fan base now, the same 300, 400 people that are at every show. And so you kind of get your regulars then, right? Yeah. And, you know, they're really good about buying the merch of the wrestlers and supporting because we have Carlos coming from Iowa, from Chicago, Alberta, Minnesota. It's a long drive, like from St. Louis. That's like a 16 hour drive. Oh, wow. And sometimes they're wrestling and then leaving and going right back to a booking in Illinois the next night for them to get a couple bucks in their pockets, you know, buy an eight by 10 and a T-shirt. Like it it's, means a lot to them. Well, sure. And like you mentioned, if, if you're, if, what did you draw for your first show? Do you recall? Probably 250, 300. That's pretty good for an indie show, man. I mean, I remember back when doing the Bar Wars, there'd be 30 people there. We've been to some shows where there was just five people, for sure. <laughs> You've had those ones as well? Well, we haven't, but I, in, at St. James Civic Center, you know, James always tells a story where it was like the three of them and then five other people there. So capacity of eight. But those are fun, too. <laughs> <laughs> Not as fun. <laughs> so you actually wrestled at the St. James Civic Center? No, this was one of the the independence that yeah, yeah we've yeah. only been at the sherb and at the west end and we did a show at in memorial park in front of the the golden boy there nice. for a thing called manifest here and that had probably a thousand people but it was a free carnival type thing so and, and once again how, how do you do that because i'm looking through your shows here and obviously take the pandemic out of the equation but you had one december of 18 then you wait two months uh you know then three then the, was your idea at the start to do one like every couple months like what's your your, your plan for that we were going to be seasonal wrestling, basically. Um, Interesting. How do you mean? We kind of had it mapped out where it was like December, April, September, 
like that kind of thing every four or three months. Just we thought that we would burn the crowds out and and not draw as well and the shows wouldn't mean as much. Opportunities have just come up where we did, you know, June, September, December. It's still every two months, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's more of a strategic thing. We've hit a bit of a stride at the West End where the shows are really easy to produce, actually. We we have a home there. We get it. Everyone knows their roles. But we, we're just trying to see what's next kind of thing. Monthly would be better for in the, in the name of storytelling and doing actual programs. I, and I talked to a lot of the vets about this and how am I supposed to do a program for the WPW champion if he's just beating a different person every month? Like you want to actually do something here. Right. So we're finding ways through promos or, you know, after match beatdowns, whatever, things like that to sort of actually tell a cohesive story. Mm-hmm. So we didn't want to just come off as a spot show where it's just wrestler A versus wrestler B. We want there to be some sort of tension, something going on. It's also smart, too, for you as the promoter. The one thing I saw over the years with promoters is they would, you know, burn out so fast. You know, Like you mentioned, like, I'm going to book Honky Tonk Man and Greg Dammer Valentine and Brutus Beefcake. And, you know, there's going to be a thousand people. Meanwhile, one of those guys might add 30 people. All three of them are going to add 30 people. And you lose a lot of money that way. you got to be very strategic with how you book your shows and who you put on those shows so you can stay in business. Oh, for sure. That We had a show booked uh, March 15th, 2020, and then the pandemic happened the next day. Mm. So we, we just lost out on all the flights, all the advertising, the insurance, all that just went down the drain. And then when we kind of readjusted two years later, we just wanted to look at it differently and not just break even. Like these carloads with gas and everything, it's still very expensive to put on a show. And we do pay insurance and there's a, a lot that goes into these these events. But sure, we're, we're an incorporated business. We're actually trying to look at this long term. My day job is like I manage a homeless shelter. Like I have shit going on. Right, right. But this is it's more than a hobby when we're talking $7,000, $10,000 budgets. Like we have to look at it logistically and not just book honky tonk man and Greg behind Valentine every time. Like, do you have to have a promoter's license? Like, how does that all work? You mentioned insurance. Like, how do you get insurance to become a promoter? Like, I, I don't know that. I mean, I know it for my cruise and I know that story, but for, you know, running shows every couple of months at the, at the Western cultural center. You know, you fill out the applications and you just make it seem like it's a rainbow stage production, which I no one will know what that is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a play. It's a choreographed... It's an outdoor a- amphitheater that puts on musicals and plays is the rainbow stage. That's yeah. what rainbow stage is, yeah. So basically just telling the insurers that this is a highly choreographed um, Cirque du Soleil type event where the, the outcomes are predetermined, like breaking kayfabe completely to the insurer. So they just see it as... The worst that could go wrong is a sprained ankle. Right. If if it was an, an MMA event, I think it would be more difficult, and they might see it as you know someone could potentially be maimed or something. They they just they're on our side. I think. I think in this day and age, everybody understands what wrestling is, right? Yeah. Hopefully. So you get you get your license, and you get and you get the insurance. So 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 you have a little bit of steam going on. Tell me what happened with the pandemic. Did you always think like I'm going to get back into it? Once, once we can do it again, or did you were just almost like, yeah, this isn't worth it? Or what were your thoughts for that? We knew we'd come back because we had this show to settle. Like we didn't, we offered refunds, but no one really took us up on that. They just expected like, everyone thought next week, things will be better. Next week, things will be better for like two years, right? During right, COVID. right, right. So we kind of did one in January, 2021, where we, we, we announced the show and then Omicron hit or whatever 
and it, we, we pulled it back again. It just kept on getting pushed back and pushed back. And then finally, things have been opened up enough where we're comfortable. And I don't even think about, oh, what if there's a lockdown that doesn't cross our minds? So we, I think people have been itching to get out of the house too. And we're kind yeah. of benefiting from that consistent night out. It's a really fun night out. We actually are the top three nights in West End history for alcohol sales. Oh. <laughs> so a 30-year venue and we do that's thousands great. of dollars. Yeah, it's, so they like us there a lot too. A lot of these people, it's their first exposure to wrestling too. They never mind a live wrestling show. They don't even know what wrestling is. Like They remember The Undertaker from 1995. But they come to this and then now they're fans for life. So we kind of take a lot of pride in being the first exposure for a lot of new fans. Well, and you have to have your local fans. You know what I mean? Like you really can't rely on people who who just watch Raw or just watch Dynamite, which is great. But like you said, you need to have people there that are excited about what's going on with WPW and know the storylines and are excited about the various wrestlers, et cetera, et cetera. When Bobby Shink won the uh, championship at, at Cold Out, it was the loudest pop <laughs> I'd ever heard in my life. And it's on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it. All of our shows are on YouTube for free. People got behind Bobby. It wasn't just you see someone win. It, for months, they had been following this guy's career and how he'd gotten screwed over by AJ Sanchez. And then finally, when he won, it was a, it was a moment for everyone in the room. What were the, some of the advantages of moving from the Sherb to uh, the Western Cultural Center? Having a green room and a backstage area where people aren't walking by to take a piss. <laughs> that kind of thing. The West End, even though it's up the street, it's actually a bit of a different area than the Sherbrooke Inn. Closer to the university, a lot more students, student age people, that kind of thing. The, that venue has a lot of history as being one of, if not the top venue for live music in, in Winnipeg. Yeah, totally. It has this beautiful balcony that seats about 40 people. So you kind of get a nice eagle eye view of the show. And those seats are very, very coveted. The stage has a little catwalk similar to Nitro had. We built a little catwalk. So the wrestlers are always elevated from the crowd from the moment they walk the stage into the ring. That's great. I think that adds a lot to the aesthetic. All right, so I'm like 10 and 0 when it comes to snagging the last delicious Factor meal in my house before the new weekly delivery arrives. We all love Factor's ready-to-eat meals here in the Jericho household. They're fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted and dietitian approved and best of all, they're ready to eat in just two minutes. Eating better has never been easier or more delicious. There's over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. So before I jumped on the plane to get the dynamite this week to Russell Atlantis Jr., I had grilled steakhouse filet mignon with Parmesan cream, spinach, and broccolini. Two minutes to heat it up, ate it right out of the factory container, and then tossed it in the garbage. Fast, easy, and delicious. No prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. You can fuel up with Factor's restaurant-quality meals, too. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime, and Factor is less expensive than takeout. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com TIJ50 and use code TIJ50 to get 50% off. That's code TIJ50 at factormeals.com TIJ50 to get 50% off. When you started back, and, and now, now let's talk about some of the actual wrestlers on your show. Um, because you mentioned you have to have the local element, which which you do, and you still bring in, I mean, it looks like you're bringing in some people from Toronto, it seems, and, and that sort of a thing. But I would assume that the core of your roster is probably local. 
in a way, I'd say there's about seven local um, guys that we depend on, and they're also the ring crew, and they're they're busting their asses at several shows a month. There's James Roth, Red Hot Summer, Bobby Shink, AJ Sanchez, Cheeks, and we depend on them a lot, just show day and to sort of keep it hot there. But there are no women wrestlers in Winnipeg, period. There's not one. Oh, okay. And like I said, we really wanted to have women represented on these shows. And uh, we first booked Jody Threat on our third show, and she's been back ever since. And she's from Toronto, right? She's from Toronto. Yeah. So every show we kind of figure in, well, we have to have Jody, and she needs an opponent. So let's look for a carload that can be, let's say, two women, three guys, and kind of go from there. We have really depended on Minneapolis because it's only an eight hour, only an eight hour drive. Right. A lot of like Devon Monroe and, and Blair Onyx from, from that kind of core area. But now we're looking out, um, into Iowa. Alberta has an amazing wrestling scene with several women, but that's a long drive too. That's 13 hours from Calgary. What do you do? Like, obviously, you pay people's trans to, to get in from all those different places. You pay their gas. I remember when I used to come from Calgary to Winnipeg, Tony Candela would pay us like 30 cents a kilometer for gas money or whatever it was. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's, a good, <laughs> that's a good way to do it, right? <laughs> I never thought about it. I should talk to Tony about that. Um, we just say save your receipts and we pay at 100% gas. We don't pay mileage. So we're not paying for the miles that go on your car. Right. Which I've never even considered that. What we are doing for the folks in the States, because the Alberta people just, they're not into driving anymore, it's, it's especially in, this, in the winter. It's, it's crazy. But we'll rent a, a van from Chicago oh. and just eat the cost of the van as well. Then we can fit actually more wrestlers in the van and we'll pay for the gas. Most Americans want to drive home same night because if they have a booking in Fargo or back in Chicago, they want to just get right there and sleep for a couple hours and go back to work, right? Well, Chicago to Winnipeg is quite the drive, though. It's very long. And the St. Louis crew, they do that every time. They basically leave kind of before the main event. They're already gone back on the road. Wow. So you're bringing people that far. So you mentioned that you're going to you rent a van in Chicago. They drive up through wherever and pick up people in Calgary. And is that kind of what you're saying? No. So like uh, our Chicago crew, uh, like last time it was Laney Luck, GPA, Blair Onyx, Storm Grayson. On the way in Minneapolis, pick up Devon Monroe. And then they're with us for two hours and then drive right back down. Damn, they just come in that quick, do the show and leave. Uh, sometimes we'll rent uh, the Fairmont downtown. We are amazing sponsors. and they Love it. I, just, I stay there all the time. I was just there this week. They're fabulous. And they hook up uh, rooms at a, at a great price for us. So we might get like a landing pad just for them to hang out and shower and, and chill for the afternoon. That's where our overnight folks stay too. So. The Fairmont, that's a pretty ritzy place. It is, yeah. Shout out to Joel from the Fairmont. He he approached us very early on because he's a wrestling fan as well, and just wanted to do what he could to support like the scene here. So that's amazing. So let, let, let's talk a little bit about that. I see for fight at the museum that there's 92 City FM is involved. So obviously that much help. How do you get how do you get 92 City FM to be a sponsor of the show? Again, one of those cold emails that I just send out. That's very. Hope you're well, that kind of thing. Very, very polite. <laughs> Mike, who yeah. runs a 92 there or whatever he does. Uh, he's a huge wrestling fan too. He's got a double or nothing poster on in his office. I think he also used to used to go to Westwood or where did he go? Does he went somewhere to school in our area? He might have been a Red River guy. That was it. Because I, I was once again was just there at 92 FM. There was some connection where he was from St. James or from something like that. 
he he had heard about these shows and was just like, I want to do what I can to support them. And then he came to our last one. I think he was just blown away too and really saw what we were trying to sell. And 92 is a wrestling station. Like Joe Aiello and Cyrus the Virus used to have a show every Sunday when I was a kid. So yeah. it kind of was a perfect marriage there. Cyrus the Virus, of course, being Don Callis. Don Callis, yeah. You got to have Don Callis come to your shows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So 92 helps you with the promotion. So are they like running ads? They have the guys come into the studio, whatever it may be. Yeah, they're giving away tickets with things selling out so fast. They're giving away, I think, five pairs of tickets. And every morning you can listen to win and that kind of thing. It just adds a little bit of buzz to the show. And what about some of these other sponsors that I see at the bottom? You know, the first row, Half Pints, Dad's Wrestling Shit. Like, what, what are they contributing to this? Half Pints gives us beer for the for the back. First row collectibles on, on Main Street here. That's uh, Curtis Housen. He He's one of the uh, old office folks that went on to do first row. Dad's Wrestling does our posters. Uh, we have Hoagie Boys. They do our sandwiches. So there's a lot of in-kind donations going on here because we want to make sure everyone's fed and happy. And, you know, it's not always dollar for dollar. We want to get the word out, too, and build a really strong community around these shows. So we're selecting these sponsors and working with people who are very like-minded and can kind of attract the fans that we're trying to attract. It's smart, man. It's, it's like you have a, a really good kind of uh, mindset of what you need to do to make this successful. Yeah, thank you. And, and like we had WPW Honey Crewlers and Donuts for sale by uh, the Crumb Queen at the last show, and there was hoagies for sale at the, at the shows. <laughs> like we try to make it an immersive experience where you can really come and uh, our merch stand is just overblown with our T-shirts and hoodies and hats and DVDs and stuff. It's Try to make it seem like you're going to an AEW show, basically. Like you're at a professional event. It's not just thrown together. You know who's living large at my house? My three cats, Mr. Mittens, Indy, and Snickers. And you know why? Because we switched them to Pretty Litter. Okay, so it's really me and my wife and my daughters who are living large, thanks to Pretty Litter. Because Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly, so no more bad cat smells in the bathroom Pretty Litter crystals last up to a month, so less cat litter box cleaning for all of us and less fighting about whose turn it is to clean the litter box. I got to deal with this fight every single week between my daughters. This makes it so much easier. Pretty Litter also ships right to our front door, so no more last-minute mad scramble runs to the store because we're out of kitty litter. And Pretty Litter has another cool feature that makes life just a little easier. It helps us keep tabs on our cat's health. It changes colors so you can monitor early signs of potential illnesses, like urinary tract infections and kidney issues. It's easily the best thing we've done for ourselves and our cats in a very long time. Like I said, Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. Those are two big wins in my house, meow. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. So go to prettylitter.com slash Jericho and use code Jericho to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash Jericho code Jericho to save 20% terms and conditions apply see site for details so let me ask you this earlier on you mentioned because it is a, it is a strange world of wrestling of trying to be respectful and have you ever done something out of line that you didn't realize it till later has anyone ever had an issue with anything that you've done oh I'm sure I have <laughs> I can't recall something where I've been like I asked a lot of questions I'm a very open person. I lean on AJ Sanchez a lot and, and I'll say, is this right? Am I doing this right? And he'll, he's 21 year vet and he will correct me and say, you shouldn't do it that way. Why are you doing it that way? Why aren't you booking it this way? And like, 
I don't always agree with him either, but I need that insight as a rookie, as someone who's not in the business. I'm not taking bumps. I don't always understand the why the way things are. You know, there's some rules in wrestling, like the champion comes out second. Um, those sort of unwritten rules that you watch wrestling for years and you just sort of take for granted. But when you're actually writing a show, there's a reason why things are like that. And I, I don't want to change that aspect of it. But we do want to really hone in on the little things and, and really make it important. I'll tell one story where I don't give a lot of coaching with with promos because I feel like I'll let you do what you think is right. Here's what I'm trying to get across. Go for it. A uh, guy grabbed the microphone in the ring and he said something horrible to a, a particular audience member. And I can't even utter it, but it was it was it was really bad. Some kind of a slur. It was a slur. And we swear at these shows, people say all sorts of like, there's a f- you Chad chant that is goes all the time at Chad Daniels. That's totally fine. Like the, these, we're all adults. Right. But we have a warning before the show. No bigoted bullshit is basically what we put it down to. He crossed the line and I kind of panicked and I, I didn't want him to continue. So I just grabbed the mic and I said, get out of the f-ing ring right now and meet me in the back. And we, I went and whispered to the referee and told him what the new match was. Oh, wow. And we just had a match on the fly. This was probably our third show. That was a horrible experience. And since then, nothing like that has happened. But it really could have sunk us really fast as the promotion that like lets that shit slide. People go to these shows to have a good time and they don't want to be targeted, right? Well, and nor should they ever be. And that's like 80s wrestling bullshit to be doing that sort of a thing, right? Yeah. And the fans are the most important part. If they turn on us and if they didn't see some sort of action by the people that are promoting the event, then we would have just lost all credibility right there. Mm -hmm. Words get thrown around a lot like diverse and inclusive and they can kind of turn into buzzwords, but you really have to practice what you preach or you just look like a a fraud or a a charlatan. And I I do take it very seriously when I, I don't tolerate homophobic, racist shit. Have you ever had uh, anybody try and rip you off or ask you for more money or or that sort of a thing? No, because I'm very, I think it's maybe the first two shows they, they, some people might've thought, let's see what we can get out of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) But in the art of negotiation, when I ask you how this should go, and then we agree on a price and I say, bullet point, your price plus trans plus hotel plus flight and you'll have a hoagie or whatever but it's not so much uh we'll see how the house is and i'll give you an envelope and then see if you like it or not so anybody ever no show you not no show no no we've been lucky that way how about with some of your booking plans is everybody pretty cool like i'm just i'm not it's just funny because knowing how wrestling is and being kind of a, a young promoter but the thing is you're not bringing in any guys that would really try any of that stuff like we mentioned the the aforementioned, you know, the honky tonk bands of the world, that type of thing. Not that he would do that, but those are the types of guys that would. I know from talking with Danny Dugan, who was another local promoter that I spoke with, he had an issue with one of those types of guys who no showed or asked for more money. Like that generation is different. Our generation is not really like that. And then, of obviously, this new generation of guys are probably quite respectful and happy to have a gig. We had one instance where um, Effie. He couldn't make it for whatever reason. It wasn't a no-show. It was more like a travel issue. And I found out day of, he was supposed to work with Josh Alexander. I text Josh Alexander and I'm not freaking out, but like one of our main events is not happening. 
He immediately calls up or texts the entire Impact roster on our behalf and tries to find a replacement. He did not have to do that at all. I was just asking, like, what should I do? Right. And he spends the day texting me back and forth. Oh, this guy can't. This guy can't. I'll try this guy. That was so amazing. He gets in and we sit down for for brunch in the exchange district. And I'm like, so you're going to be working a local guy and his name's uh, Cheeks. And he's like, huh. All right. Uh, like he, was, he was expecting to work like, you know, a top level independent and have this sort of marquee matchup. But it turned into um, local competitor versus a world champion. The match was fantastic. And I think he had a great time and everything. But we've built that reputation, I believe, with these guys who are really dependable. They're not. I know that story you're talking about with Danny. Yeah. I think it was with a beefcake. Yeah. We don't mind calling. I think it was beefcake. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to book Brutus, so I'm not worried about it. But I, <laughs> you're right. that We don't really work with those older folks. PCO is another one that is very upfront, very congenial and friendly with us and is willing to go the extra mile to help us out. Yeah, it's, it's only been really positive. Yes, yeah, and I don't even mind saying this. So I, I, I was I put an offer out to Honky Tonk Man for my cruise, and he didn't respond. And not only did he not respond, he blocked me on Twitter. So I guess he didn't like the offer. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him wrestle in front of maybe thirty people before too. Here, yeah, I know. It's like yeah. you know. My point is, you know, when you make an offer to somebody, this negotiation process, and like you said, once you do get that negotiation down, both parties should be sticking to that. Yeah, I remember the late, great Scott Hall. I sent him an email early on and he, I could tell he was just texting from like his couch. And he said, just like, make, what's your offer, bud? And I, I threw out a number and now he just sent back, no. And I'm like, all right, that's, uh, I'm just going to stop that. <laughs> well, yeah, and what, that's the thing though, for you doing the West End Cultural Center, the idea behind this is to make money. And, you know, when you start paying those types of guys, they might not make any difference. You'd be better off, off, you know, if, if I don't know, God bless, if it's a Scott Hall and you offer him 2,500 bucks to show up, you might be better off to ask Kenny if he's in town, give him the 2,500 bucks to show up. You'll probably draw an extra 500 people, whereas the Scott Hall would draw 50. I mean, who knows, right? We kind of like our, our cold out poster didn't have a single wrestler on it. It didn't even have a wrestling ring on it. And it sold out in three, four hours. Yeah. So we kind of battle. You want to have the best card possible so people don't leave going like, what did I just spend $25, $30 on? But it doesn't have to be top loaded with those, call them legends or, or big names. I really believe that a lot of the people that the fans are seeing will be on AEW one day. Some of them were on AEW Dark. Yeah. I believe that they will be in WWE one day. And you can say, like, I was at that show just the same way people were at Georgie's and saw you and still to this day say, I was at Georgie's and I saw Chris when he was 19. Yeah. That's really what we're, we're hinging on, the, the next generation. It's smart, too, because you want to build around the promotion. You want people to know that whenever whenever WPW's, you know has a show, it's going to be a great show no matter who's on it. That's how you sell out. I mean, right now, I was talking with our, our promoter about uh, Forbidden Door. I think we're at 10,000 tickets sold already, and that we went on sale five hours ago. And there's no name. It's AEW. It's New Japan. It's Forbidden Door. You know, WrestleMania, they're selling 50,000 tickets before there's a match announced. That's kind of the vibe that you want to get for WPW on a much lo more local level. But still, dude, a sellout is a sellout. You cannot underestimate that no matter what. It's a very nice feeling when that, that hits and we don't have to do the, the stiff promotion that mm -hmm. everyday thing. I can just focus on the storytelling aspect, the booking. I'm thinking about Top Flight. They're in AEW right now. They had a, a different name and they were under masks when they wrestled for us at the Sherbrooke Inn in front of 
300 people. <laughs> That's great. But I, I know people were sitting at, at the MTS center. They're thinking like, wow, these guys were here in front of nobody. And now they're on the one of the biggest stages of them all. So it's a nice feeling for the fans too. Yeah, some people will, will, will say that they were there and were able to see them. Which show were they on? Don't Be a Menace. And uh, Pain actually won. So yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to find what their name was back then. Don't be. Uh, they were the Flip Bros. That's it. Airwolf and Angel Dorado. That's it. Angel Dur- and yeah. So very different uh, monikers and and gimmicks, but the same athleticism. And Airwolf was someone that we saw early on in bars flipping off the bar, and it's like we got to book that guy, and he did the drive too. Airwolf was Dante, right? I. I think that's Darius. Oh, yeah. Like you said, they're Minneapolis guys, though. Probably drove up to Winnipeg, and, and there you go. Yeah. It's funny. The, fir- the first time I wrestled them was during the pandemic. I think Darius was 21 and Dante was 19. Combined their ages, and I was still 10 years older than them. <laughs> oh, my God. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio... And producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. So last few things here. Let's talk about, you know, I know it's sold out, but let's talk about fight at the museum, I'm looking at the poster here, which once again is a great poster. There's only three people on it. There's two girls, and there's a guy with a bunch of with the syrup. He's got syrup, and he's got a title. Who's that guy? That's our WPW champion, Sweet Bobby Shank. Uh, this will be his second title defense. He won the belt back in uh, a cold out against our first champion and longest reigning champion, AJ Sanchez. The two women on the poster there. One is the Jody Threat. She's our our women's champion. Okay. And she'll be taking on Lou Fisto, who's making her debut. So that's a, a bit of a Canadian uh, dream matchup. Actually, I haven't even announced this yet, but the Dynamite Kids, the Billington Bulldogs, they will be at the show as well. And uh, nice. Ava Lawless, uh, she was at uh, AEW. She'll be taking on Taryn from Accounting, who was also at the, the, the dark tapings there. So that's our Alberta crew. And then, a, a, you know, there's a scramble match and... Um, we're actually going to hopefully be unveiling some tag team titles and start building up that division next. We're really big on ceremonies, and we we have uh, our little podium and confetti for when we did the the men's and the women's titles. They're actually on YouTube, and it's uh, a, a solemn event. <laughs> so uh, the Billington Bulldogs, do they live in Alberta now? They're just in Canada visiting and doing some of the dungeon shows and spots around Alberta. I think they just stay in Alberta for, you know, a couple months at a time. And I, I believe there's a dungeon show the day before ours. And we work with Mo Jabari a lot and, and he's one of the dungeon guys there. So yeah, he's coming in as well. And we kind of, I talk to him like every day and just see like, well, who are you working with when, one of your dates, how can we piggyback? Well, yeah, I saw Mo in Winnipeg. It's funny. Cause I'm trying to get him in Dallas to come on to talk about dungeon wrestling and they haven't done it yet. So now they can be jealous that uh, Devin Bray and Winnipeg pro wrestling got the jump on him. <laughs> Perfect. I'll rub it in his face. But so is sweet Bobby Shank, is that why he's got the syrup? Because he's sweet? Yeah, it's a little bit like Popeye's <laughs> spinach. Uh, once he gets a taste of that sweet syrup, he can't be stopped. Damn. All right. So that, and who's Bobby wrestling on the fight at the museum? He's taking on a, a BC wrestler named uh, the Golden Boy Travis Williams, who's got a lot of 
steam under his name at, in Defy Wrestling all over the Pacific Northwest. So we've been watching him for a couple months and wanted to bring him in. I love the fact that you're using so many people from around Canada. And like you mentioned, the northern United States. I mean, that once again, there's a real sense. And I'm not just saying this because you're on the show. There's, there's a real sense of uh, professionalism here with kind of the variety of people you bring in and not just using the Chi Chi Cruises and, you know, Bobby J's and, and whoever it may be. And God bless those guys. But <laughs> you're really making an effort to make this kind of something very special and, and a cross section of what's available. Bobby, Bobby J was on our second show. And there's actually a picture of him like holding a double sided dildo that we have. So <laughs> I'm not above booking Bobby J. I think he's retired now. He's a very, but I know what you mean. Uh, we are looking at that next generation. Part of booking people from from elsewhere, we love our, our YouTube channel, the WPW Home Video. The guys that run it, Mark and Cody, are incredible. This is TV quality stuff. Mm -hmm. We do commentary live. I'm one of the commentators with James Corba. We're sitting ringside. It's recorded live, and it goes up on YouTube a couple of weeks later. And it, it's it's gorgeous stuff. So we want to amass more of an audience to people around the world that are, are watching these matches and, and checking it out. And once again, that wasn't a, a cut down to Bobby J and Chi Chi Cruz. Like I said, it's, <laughs> I know, great. it's great. It's great to use those guys. But the point is now you're you're bringing people in from Minneapolis and Chicago and all these different places. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. And it's cool, too, with Dungeon Pro Wrestling going. It's kind of like there's another because I, I think, I mean, Calgary and Winnipeg and Ed Edmonton as well. Like whenever AEW is talking about doing shows, I was always like, I mean, obviously Toronto is huge and Montreal is huge. But we're talking about Western Canada. It really is Winnipeg, Edmonton and Calgary to an extent. But Calgary I've always found has to have some connection with the hearts. If you don't have a heart connection, people in Calgary, it's not the same. To me, it's really cool that we have a, an up and coming Winnipeg company. And now we have an up and coming Calgary company. You know, the, the possibilities are, are open up for who you can use and talent exchanges. And maybe you can do a dungeon versus WPW when the time is right. It's just kind of cool to know that there's a, a market for this. They're our brothers. Like, I love Mo. I, I went to a Dungeons show with uh, my partner, Jill, in the summer. And Brett was there just doing a meet and greet. And the lineup was down the street. Probably 900 people there just to meet Brett. It's it's funny. Kind of the reason I contacted you was, you know, I saw you at the show. And, and it was like, wow, I haven't seen... I was at your 1999 debut when you wrestled Big Boss Man and the, the Nightstick on a pole match. Where the Nightstick fell off the pole about four minutes in. <laughs> and the rock didn't show up because of terrorists in Miami. So that that was actually true. There was a bomb threat on the runway. Okay, uh, and that was real because I spoke to the WWE. Like Rock is stuck on the runway. Like unless they were lying to me, but I, I don't think they were because I don't think D'Lo Brown made it too. There was another Miami guy that didn't make it. So that was the story that they told all of us. Basically, I was like, well, Brett has this dynasty now. Like his boys are running Dungeon. They can really piggyback off of his incredible career incredible success in the name he's built in calgary who's the winnipeg guys obviously chris jericho everyone knows in winnipeg even if they don't like wrestling they know who you are and they're really proud of the success that you've done overseas but you don't have you know your kids aren't wrestling promoters it's sitting in uh the salisbury house here booking the show so <laughs> right I like, i'm just gonna reach out to him and build that connection and maybe I don't want to spoil it here but we're looking to run the, the burt the, the walker theater you might know better it's the burton cummings and I was like, I'm just going to shoot my shot here. I've always known you as a really personable guy. When all the times I've met, you've been like really chill. I'll just see if he'll respond. And I woke up to your message and I was like, 
Holy, f- <laughs> this is a great honor. I, I just can't believe I'm sitting here with you. So no, dude, like I said, I love the idea of it and I'd be happy to support. You never know. Maybe I'll come and do a, a signing for you guys as well. Cause I, I have a theory and I've said this quite a few times in public. When people talk about kind of the greatest city that produced wrestlers, everyone would always instantly think Calgary. And that's because of stampede, but you're talking about guys that grew up in Winnipeg and started in Winnipeg. I don't think you can beat the four of, of Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, Roddy Piper, and Don Callis for what they did for the business in front of the camera, behind the scenes. To me, it's like what do you, Calgary's Brenton Owen. Lance isn't from Calgary. He's from North Bay, Ontario. Toronto, you got Jay and, and Adam, obviously. And I'm sure there's a few others, but I can't think what Sweet Daddy Seeky. Who else is from Toronto? I'm sure oh, Billy Robinson or whatever. I don't, you know, I'm sure Billy Robinson's huge, but if you're talking about kind of the modern era, Vancouver doesn't have it. Edmonton doesn't have it. I think Winnipeg has the most pedigreed wrestlers of all time from, from all of Canada. So to me, Winnipeg is the pro wrestling capital of Canada. We, I say the same thing and I a hundred percent agree. And I think people get bogged down in, well, Jericho's from Manhasset. He's not from Winnipeg. Roddy's from Saskatoon. No, you're a Winnipegger. You went to high school here. For, well, from grade two on. Yeah. I wasn't born in Winnipeg, but I grew up here every off season until my dad retired from hockey. You suffered a lot of winters. You, you <laughs> yeah. suffered that I'm stuck in Winnipeg mentality. And a lot of people here, performers, not just wrestlers, artists, think of the bands that are from here. Neil Young, the Guess Who. Crash Test Dummies. Crash Test Dummies. <laughs> They've had to branch out and find success elsewhere, but have really maintained that this is their home. Right. That's why the Burton Cummings Theater is named after him. And and they, they always come back here and, and treat it as such. And you've always done that. Mm-hmm. I know you come and visit your family here. And Winnipeg is, is home for good and bad, for better or worse. It's still home. No, you're right. And it's one of the reasons why they were able to to make that happen with the mayor for the Chris Jericho way, for the street naming and, and for, the, for the with the premier with the Queen Elizabeth medal is that, you know, I always trumpet Winnipeg. Always, always, always. And I would never, like all the places I've lived, to me, I'm from Winnipeg. Where am I right now? In Tampa, Florida. This is where my kids live here. My family's from here. My house is here. But I'm a Winnipegger through and through and, and always will be. So, yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. And when the time is right, let me know. And we'll see what we can figure out. I'll be bugging you like I do. So last question for you. It's a, it's a double whammy. One, what is the greatest match in Winnipeg pro wrestling history? I would have to say... The Bobby Shink, AJ Sanchez, where he finally won the title uh, at Cold Out, which is on our YouTube. I'll plug that again. The last two minutes of that are pure magic. The crowd is so into it. I can't recommend that one enough. Any Jody threat match has an absolute electricity to it as well. You know, you you think about when you put the belt on someone, you think, well, how are they going to lose it? That can be really hard as a booker. I think you just sort of get comfortable with with a heel champion, especially too. Right. But we saw Bobby as the next step in this evolution as our babyface champion. And when he finally did that, it was a magical night. And last question for you. What are your future plans, Devin, for, for WPW? Do you have uh, any thoughts of expanding or uh, bigger venues, uh, shows outside of Winnipeg? What are you kind of thinking? I think a, a bigger venue would be great. Just maintain that consistency, but and growing our, our YouTube channel and having more eyeballs that aren't people from Winnipeg seeing us as one of those independent companies that are held up there with the black labels and the defies that have lots of followers and subscribers that aren't even from their area. They're just there to see great wrestling. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would be a nice evolution, but 
more unconventional venues like the Burton Cummings Theater and uh, outdoor shows, things like that. The museum was a great idea, places like that. Yeah. Maintaining that aesthetic and really sort of focusing on what works well, building up our storylines and our angles and, and, and not just being random matches is something that we're really trying to work on this summer. That's great, man. Well, it's April 8th at the Alloway Hall at the Manitoba Museum. The, the, the tickets are sold out. It's going to be on YouTube. Is it live on YouTube or do you produce it and it comes up a couple of weeks later? A couple of weeks later. So our last show will be up on YouTube probably next week. Uh, Once Upon a Time Winnipeg. Once Upon a Time Winnipeg. Yeah, and that was a great time too. So, Well, dude, congratulations on all your success. I think you're doing things the right way. And uh, I'm sure we'll get a chance to see each other again in the future. Thank you so much, Chris. What, one last thing. Will you just say hi to my mom, Janet? <laughs> sure. Where's your mom? Is she there? No, no, just no. She just. Oh, okay. What's your name? Uh, Janet. Oh, sorry, Janet. My mom, Janet. What's her name? Janet. Okay, uh, <laughs> Janet. Uh, your son is doing an amazing job, and uh, just know that hopefully we'll get to see you in person someday, and uh, you can take uh, the ring jackets from the ring. Do you work cheap? <laughs> Thank you, Chris. We'll talk soon. <laughs> Cheers, man. Thanks. Congratulations. Thank you. Bye.